Pivot with Purpose, a podcast that highlights the unique stories of professionals that pivoted their careers to align with their work lives and personal lives more purposefully and with more joy. Pivot with Purpose is hosted by Megan Hull, a globally accredited career and business coach and creator of the Megan Hull Method. Welcome back to Pivot with Purpose. I'm your host, Megan Hull, and in this episode, we talked to Karen Aldad, world-class executive coach and founder of With Enthusiasm Coaching Program. Thank you for listening to Pivot with Purpose with host Megan Hull. You can find out more information about each guest, including full transcripts at pivotwithpurposepodcast.com. And if you'd like to share your own Pivot with Purpose, click on the share button and add your story to the conversation. Finally, be sure to subscribe and share your comments wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Your support amplifies our voice. And now, this week's episode. Coach Karen holds the Gold Standard International Coaching Federation, ICF credentials, and her executive coaching methods are designed to help the most intense personalities uncover and overcome their blind spots. She is globally recognized within the world-class leadership community, high-profile athletes, media personalities, and major corporations. Coach Karen's work has been featured in numerous media outlets, including the Harvard Business Review, CNBC, and Forbes, and her powerful and popular TEDx talk, You Don't Know What You Don't Know, has been viewed over 200,000 times and is a must-watch. Coach Karen Aldad, it is such a wonderful pleasure to have you on the Pivot with Purpose podcast. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you, Megan. Thank you so much for having me. It's a real honor to be here, especially with you. Well, I have to preface for all those listening in that I personally had the pleasure of working with you mid-2020. And although I know you'll take no credit for this, (laughs) I feel like this podcast may not have been a reality without my time working with you. So I am forever grateful for all of your support and your Live With Enthusiasm coaching program. And I cannot wait to share in your story as I know you always have amazing wisdom and takeaways. So listeners, get ready to be inspired and let's get this party started. I really receive that with (laughs) enormous love and appreciation. You know how I feel about that, which is we're all in this together and uh, whatever was supposed to come out of you was supposed to come out of you. And it's a real joy, just breathtaking joy, an incomparable joy, really, for me to see it live, Megan. The first time I listened to the podcast, I texted you right afterwards. I was literally in tears. I was so happy. This is such a beautiful product, such amazing guests, such good company to be in. And it's a real privilege to be part of your journey. Oh, thank you so much. And right back at you. And I love that we've stayed in touch. And I so appreciate, again, all your support and your generous time. And uh, you obviously still are part of my life for sure. Forever. Hashtag cat people. I hashtag cat people. But let's get to know you, Coach Karen, a bit more personally. We can maybe tell that you enjoy cats. Me too. But before diving into your pivot journey, let's talk about what you're loving in life right now. Oh, man. It's a very good day to talk about that because I just got off a plane. I was in Costa Rica for the last week and it was just an impromptu last minute wonderful getaway, which is such an important thing for everyone to do because it focuses you on what really matters in life. And that is the enjoyment of this life, this air, 
the nature around us, the incredible infinity of the sea. And I know that that sounds cheesy as heck, but I have been working so hard. I know you have too. I know so many people out there have too. And sometimes just taking a rest and remembering what it's all for is what I feel most invigorated by. It's funny because I was just rereading a, a classic, Megan, that you and I both love, Why Your Life Sucks and What You Can Do About It by Alan Cohen. It's an incredible book. Everybody get over the title. Just read it. About how we give our power away. And I feel very invigorated by taking my power back. And one of those acts that we can all take is just take any, any moment for clarity, for time off, for vacation, for rest. That's pretty much where you're finding yeah. me today. I feel like we all forget that thrusting ourselves through 2020, keep it moving, trying to stay productive, not necessarily having those vacations or having to step away for whatever it is. You know, for me, it was like trying to get outside, take a walk, take a breath. What's that quote that says everything works again when you unplug it? Yeah. <laughs> plug it back in, <laughs> just like our computers, yeah. we have to unplug. <laughs> no, it's true. But, you know, the you quote know? that, that yeah. resonates with me most when I was thinking about this and just decided to book this vacation, incredibly inappropriate and reckless vacation in the midst of all of this was because I read that Lily Tomlin, the best friend mm -hmm. of Jane Fonda, once said mm -hmm. that the thing about the rat race is at the end of it, you're still a rat. And that's kind of the point. We want to pivot and we want to talk about pivoting for freedom, not to become a better slave, for freedom. Yeah. And that's a wonderful place, I think, to start today's conversation. Absolutely. Well, and as you and I share a career connection, really coming from luxury in the retail industry, mm -hmm. we would love to hear more about your career journey and what led to the desire to career pivot in all that you've created now with your amazing Live With Enthusiasm coaching offerings. Where does your career story begin? My second career story began in a very, very fortuitous way. You see, I got super lucky. My whole world collapsed. I lost everything. Now, I don't recommend this because most people don't love going through trauma, as you know, Megan. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, many of us do find ourselves in that right now, don't we? 2020, kind of a garbage year. A lot of people not enjoying it, seeing the retail luxury landscape slip away. This is not true, by the way, for everyone. I have the privilege, as you know, of coaching several very large, high-profile companies like Bottega Veneta and Luxottica and our good friends at Estee Lauder, etc. And then they're still, you know, they're banging, they're printing money, especially in the last year. But it's not been the case for everybody. And I was in exactly such a storm six years ago. Hard to believe it's only been six years, but I was. I went through a divorce in perfect harmony. All of my stuff burned down in a fire and I lost my job. Well, I was really just pivoting because I was getting out of a job and into a new job because I moved cities after the divorce. This happens to a lot of people and I couldn't find a job for more than six months, which I definitely had not prepared for financially. Mm -hmm. So here I am in my mid to late 30s at that point. Uh, I was 36 years old. I was sleeping on French couches. I couldn't find a job. I went on interview after interview after interview for which I was like eminently overqualified. The salaries were not where I was used to. The industry was definitely pivoting. And this is when I started to think, I don't know that regurgitating the old path is going to work anymore. I got to think differently. And this is when I begin to consider what you considered last year, Megan, which was mm -hmm. probably the unthinkable. 
coaching. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> isn't that something that only weirdos do who are hippies? Who buy or crystals. everybody thinks they're a coach. <laughs> right. Or everybody yeah, thinks they're a coach. That. Exactly. I mean, you and I share this. I can't tell you how proud I am for the ICF oh, accreditation for taking this seriously because, and you know, I have an MCC. I just don't trade on it because it doesn't really matter unless you're coaching right. other coaches. But yeah. it's so important. It's just so unbelievably important work because it changed my life. Forget about, I mean, I, I've now had the privilege of coaching more than 500 people individually and it, it's breathtaking work, but I remember what it did for my life to start reaching for books like The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People and You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero and really understanding them and being walked through my own blind spots so that I could start thinking differently. My whole world changed and in so doing, it started to click. It was the same thing that happened for you, which was... I started to become aware of an entire industry that could capitalize on all of my strengths and none of the things I didn't like to do. And that's where I just kind of got a hunch that this might be something I wanted to really take seriously and do for a living. And that's the story of the pivot. And I'll talk to you about step by step a little bit further down the line so that people can understand what pivots are made of and also what they might look like for them because they're not the same for everybody. But the best way to state what happened to me was actually today I was speaking to my trainer. Yes, I have a trainer. I'm getting married in six months. I got to lose some weight. I want to lose some weight. He told me that he used to work for Victoria's Secret. He started out in retail and then he got up and up and up the ladder and he got promoted again and again and again, but he didn't really like the job. He just went for the next promotion, the next promotion because he was already stuck in a track, right? Mm -hmm. Until one day he realized that People were asking him all the time about his workout routine because he was really, really into working out and that he was readily giving them advice and more than happy to join them at the gym. And that's when he had an epiphany. What if I could trade my good nature and openness towards other human beings, which I'm obviously practicing in retail, and also marry it with my affinity for coaching people as a trainer? Turns out he makes three times as much doing that. It's less effort. It's more fun. And it's way more aligned with who he is in his being. And that's kind of how he clicked into it, too. It's very similar to what I found. And I think it's very similar to what you found in your pivot. It's not like we were looking for anything, right? It's like the path kind of just revealed itself by walking in the direction of what you care about. I love that. And you speak so beautifully within your community about, and I know you've really helped me on this, too. And, and just as you were saying about finding that why and your purpose as you navigate through life, which is the heart of this podcast, what would you say to somebody right now struggling to maybe identify what they want to do next and having a hard time articulating their why? Yeah, so many people make such a big mm -hmm. hairy deal out of the word purpose, right? Because it's a big word. For many people, it's wrapped up in legacy. Calling. It's as if they, they expect to, you know, like Martin Luther King, wake up and say, I had a dream. <laughs> well, yeah. I like to say this in a lot of my talks about pivoting in particular. I did not have a dream. Megan, I don't know that you did either. I think you just knew that whatever it was that you were going for in life was not hitting the potential mark. That you were not waking up on purpose, on purpose, not for purpose. And to do that, you really have to reframe pivoting for purpose to pivoting towards your preferences. Preferences are a much simpler word than purpose. Most of us will hear the word preferences and automatically know what ours are. And I promise you, even if you think you don't really know what you do love, because so many people say to me, I'm tripped up. I don't know what I really like to do. I don't know what I'm actually good at. Well, first of all, there are assessments for that. They can save you a lot of time. 
But also, you definitely know what you don't want. Am I right? Yes. Anybody listening here, anybody listening here today knows they don't like to be at the mercy of a job that is volatile. Anybody listening knows whether they like to work in a team or whether they prefer to work alone, which means they don't like one of those. Most people know whether they're dog people or cat people or both. We know what we don't like. And the more you are clear about what you don't like, the more you will become clear about what you do like. So the first exercise that I would recommend for anybody who's searching through their purpose, really trying to clarify the path ahead, trying to do what I did, what my trainer Zeke did, what Megan did, is write down, what do I not like? Do I not like not having control of my time? Do I not like hanging around the house in a bathrobe? Do I not like aimlessness? Do I enjoy, therefore, projects? And then you can really start to understand or feel for what you do want, what you do like, which is very different from what you don't want. Just try it. Try it. Try writing 10 things you don't like or 10 things that you do like and feeling for the opposite. And you're going to gain some clarity right there. Making lists, it's such a powerful exercise. And you just have to do it. Right. I think that that's a lot of the missteps is someone really hoping that they get signs from the universe. And sometimes those happen, but we have to do that deep work on ourselves and really get to the core of what makes us happy. It's true. And I have to tell you, though, I don't know that it just happens. I know some people have had an epiphany, but like, let's think about Mark Zuckerberg for a second. I don't like thinking about Mark Zuckerberg, but sometimes he's a good example. Mm-hmm. Zuckerberg didn't start out thinking about Facebook connecting everyone to everyone else on the planet. He started out with an idea to rank people whether they're hot or they're not at Harvard. Right. Right. And it evolved <laughs> and evolved and evolved and evolved and evolved. The point is, when you chase one real thing that you feel like doing, the next natural thing you feel like doing, it will evolve to the next and the next and the next and the next. When I started this business, I did not have the luxury of just starting a business. Let's have some fun and just become a coach and see what happens. That was not my privilege because, as I mentioned, I'd just gotten divorced. My stuff had burned down and I was really bad with money. So I had like 37 bucks and cruising and feeling things out was not an option. So what I did was I hedged my bets. This is the second method I'm going to teach you. In addition to sitting down and really thinking or getting clear about what you don't want or what you do want, start identifying what you can do to hedge your bets. If you are not in a very strong, independent financial position, and most people are not, there's no shame in that. We're young, we're awesome, we've got time. Why don't you find an anchor job, a consulting job that can trade on previous experience, anything that's more of a low-hanging fruit, and from there branch out to one or two additional things that you think you might be able to dabble in as a side hustle until one of them will gather momentum. For example, what I did in the initial stages of my business was the first thing I secured a consulting contract with a luxury brand doing what I knew how to do, which was marketing and business development. Mm -hmm. And that allowed me to have the freedom, meaning not worry about your rent, while I launched a coaching program, tried it out. And while I also, by the way, got a real estate license just in case, because I'm pretty good with people and I sure love real estate. Do you love real estate, Megan? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I could watch Arc Digest videos. I know. For... All my Pinterest boards. <laughs> totally. Same. Real estate porn. Yes. So I do all three things. And what happens is within a year, coaching has picked up so much momentum that it was just the natural thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. But I hedged my bets until then, until I was really on solid ground. 
I was still straddling and that's okay. There's no shame in that either. That's what purpose is all about. Well, tell us more. I would love to talk about pivoting into executive coaching to create live with enthusiasm, which is such an amazing transformational program. Was it a realization of a personal need to get more alignment in your career? Or do you feel like it was really related to something else? Talk a little bit about that pivot. Well, I love this question because I hope that many people who are aspiring coaches listen in or anyone who's really trying to become a thought leader is listening in. The first thought that I had was I really have more power than I'm exemplifying in the corporate jobs that I've taken. And I was a C-suite executive. So you would think that I was pretty accomplished and pretty free, but I really felt not free. And I thought that I could be more prominent. So the first thing I was looking for was prominence. And when I started this out, I think I really saw myself a little bit as becoming kind of a Marie Forleo figure, a bubbly media personality who's blessed of fantastic gift of gab and who really speaks for a living. With time, I recognized that when I wrote this program, I was writing it for my former self to heal, to help myself with my former set of problems and with my upcoming set of problems, right, as I was going along. In so doing, I discovered what I was focused on, which was really the powers of overachieving and the problems that come with overachieving. That's my personality type, my behavioral style, very similar to yours, Megan. Yep. We're doers, <laughs> we're focusers, we're fast. Nobody needs to teach us more of how to do, but we do need to learn how to rely on our feelings and how to think differently, how to solve our thinking rather than our problems. That's how Live With Enthusiasm came about, but also how I discovered that what I really want to do is serve the teams I once worked for. And so the first team I coached as an executive coach was IWC. I used to work for them. I was their marketing director. And from there, several other brands under the Richemont umbrella, for those familiar with luxury groups, Richemont and LVMH are very large, like Caring. And then from there, LVMH, and then I started to branch out into financial institutions and tech companies like Sierra Constellation Partners and Deutsche Bank and JP Morgan. And today, eight out of 12 clients are big corporations. And that's a real joy because I get to teach people, and I, I mean this in the nicest way, how to not be an asshole and how to be 10 times more effective. And I think that's what I was looking for primarily, ease and fun at work and collaboration and teamwork rather than ever nagging anxiety and worry and ass covering and invulnerability that you see in so many teams today. That was the evolution. I basically started with very, very general focus, a general desire, and I became very, very narrow in who I served by recognizing who I am, really. Thank you for sharing. Now it makes so much sense yeah. <laughs> seeing all your programs. I'm like, this is Karen's journey. And it's why you're amazing at what you do. <laughs> you yes. can see the evolution. Like we went from live with enthusiasm, date with enthusiasm, and then all of a sudden you see lead with enthusiasm, enterprise, corner office coaching, right? Yeah. And it's really just the process of self-discovery. What I learned, and this is such an important principle for anybody out there who's really, again, becoming a thought leader of any sort or a coach is this. And I know you've heard me say this. If you serve everyone, you serve no one. Mm -hmm. You cannot be a jack of all trades. Everybody thinks in their media personality aspirations, and we all have a little bit of that in the Instagram world, that you are going to be liked by everyone, you're going to appeal to everyone. This is absolutely not true, first of all, and there's nothing wrong with it. As a matter of fact, it's a huge asset to know who you are and who you resonate with, who the message is for. 100%. And I, I love that you just brought that up as 
I agree. I think in this world, especially with all the social and everything going on, we so want to be liked. Yeah. And I have to remind myself too, like, I'm not for everybody and that's okay. <laughs> I don't want to be for everybody. Find your tribe, you find your community, you find the people that resonate with you and they just fearlessly support you and you can really tailor your messaging and your programs. So thank you so much for, for bringing up that point. And in the spirit of our podcast teaser here, to tease with a little yes or no question, and then we go to a break. So are you ready? You, you ready? Yes or yes, no? Yes, I am. <laughs> okay. So yes or no, do you remember the exact moment you decide to go for it to pivot into executive coaching? Yes. And with that, we'll take a quick break, and we'll pick this up when we get back. Okay, Coach Karen, before the break, you said yes. So tell us what that pivot looked like for you and what really has been the outcome of pivoting to build your Live With Enthusiasm coaching programs. How has it changed your life? The moment that I decided to create Live With Enthusiasm, the original program, the original Mm -hmm. (laughs) B.I.G., is a moment I'll never forget my whole life because nothing happens suddenly. Like everything gathers momentum, obviously. But there's always like that one moment, right, where a light switch goes off. And for me, it happened to coincide with a terrible tragedy in my life. After what I told you about the divorce and then not having a job for a really long time Mm -hmm. and a fire, which burned down all of my beautiful, beautiful things. Unfortunately, within the same two weeks, both of my cats died. NASDAQ and Starbucks, God rest their soul. I know, because they were heartbroken. One died and then the other one died immediately afterward. And it was such a horrible thing for me to go through that I decided to do something I'd never done before, which was take a really long break, which I couldn't really afford to do. But I also think I couldn't afford not to do because grief knocks you out, right? Grief really brings you to your knees. So I called up a friend who had a really big house in the Hamptons and wouldn't mind me staying there because they wouldn't even notice, right? And said, do you mind if I just hang out there for a couple of weeks until I feel better? And they were like more than happy to do that for me. And there was a moment on day like three by the pool where I was cried out, man, I had just sobbed myself to sleep for a really long period. And I remember looking at the pool and realizing for a second that everything was okay. Everything was okay. For better or worse, I couldn't look down anymore. There was just nothing more I could do. And the only thing I could do was therefore look up. And it was just then and there where I thought, I think that I'd like to do something like what Jen Sincero has done for me, what Stephen R. Covey has done for me. I think I'd like to start taking coaching very seriously and see if I can put together a program for other people who are like me. They do everything right, and they just don't get what they're doing wrong. They have to produce a shift. And that was the beginning of the climb. Within six months, I had that first program. It sold out on one day. Wow. And it's been an amazing four years since then. Yeah. Well, I know all so well, but describe what it's like working with Coach Karen. What can you expect? I know you coach all different types of amazing people and you have such great clients and stories, but what's it like working with you? I imagine it's very similar to working with you, my good friend. (laughs) Well, maybe. Talk to me in four years. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) I think so. And I'll tell you why. We're both very talkative and natural teachers. 
teachers are not going to be very ICF by the book coaches. Right. We're going to be didactic. We are going to teach you and spend a lot of time really, really talking you through things until we get that you have clicked with it. You understand. You don't just intellectually understand. You have emotionally shifted around the concept. And you will therefore start doing things differently. Your behaviors are going to change. No, but everybody understands, for example, that if you eat less, you'll lose weight, right? Mostly. But nobody understands how to sustain that. And that really comes down to looking at life very differently, at valuing things very differently. And that's what coaching is all about with me. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure with you too. It's a didactic process. It's intense. It's very high energy. And within 10 weeks, you know everything I know. Go get them. Go start empires just like Megan. That's really the, the secret sauce of this program. The three key, I think, differentiators are, the first thing is coaching doesn't look backwards very much. As you know, Megan, I'm sure it's very interesting to find out how you grew up and what experiences you had in childhood around the formation of limiting beliefs, but it's not particularly useful to coaching because we're looking forward, not backwards. The second thing is that it is a very labor-intensive process, so you have to be prepared to dedicate an extra hour of work by yourself, self-study, videos, audios, and whatever I throw at you in between sessions. And the third is it's finite. We don't get to stay together forever. That's kind of sad, but like me and Megan, hopefully we continue to stay connected in every way that we can because we are in this together. Yeah. Why do you think coaching is such a valuable personal investment. Why don't you answer that question? Well, <laughs> here I am, folks. <laughs> no, <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> literally. That's literally the answer. Well, that's an investment. It's an investment in yourself, which pays with dividends. It's a ridiculous thing to think of it as an expense. I know right. that today because I remember the first uh, coach I ever forked over $7,500 for. The first coach I ever paid today, I pay much more for coaches. Mm. I thought it was an extravagance and I was about to embark upon some kind of a navel-gazing expedition that may or may not result in any change. Today, I know that everything in my world has changed. There is literally no measure for what I got out of coaching. I'll give you a couple of examples. The first is I have an empire, literally. I have a very large and growing business that is moving fast, that now employs three people, and that for me is something I never dared to dream of a few years ago. The audacity to do that, the confidence, the leverage are all from coaching. The second is my relationship is very different. I was before in an abusive and sad relationship, a divorce I talk about all over the world in many podcasts just like this one. And today I'm in an easy, happy, wonderful loving, unconditional relationship with the nicest man in the whole world who also likes cats. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's a price for that. There yeah. is just no price for understanding your blind spots and overcoming them in relationships. Yeah. And my relationships with others are just much easier and more comfortable. I'm more comfortable with myself. I don't have anxious thought anymore. So if you're thinking a tit for tat, you know what? It's kind of like that old MasterCard commercial. What you get out of coaching, priceless. Oh, it's so true. And to piggyback on that, for anyone listening, as I started off my first episode talking about my journey, with a lot of your support, but doing the hard work on myself too, I certainly feel like I found my voice. I feel more ease. I feel confident in speaking up and being able to truly help others and just getting really, really excited about it where... Pivoting to my next question, a lot of us have this negative mindset that we sit in where we are frustrated with all the actions that we're taking to try to find a new career pivot, 
are just not working. We're not getting noticed. No one's ever going to hire me. It can be a dangerous place to be. So what would you say to someone sitting in that mindset and and really maybe a few tips on how they can work through some of that? Well, what you're talking about is very valuable, Megan, because it's one of the things that stop us before we even start. Mm -hmm. And it's a face of imposter syndrome. Many people are familiar with imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is a psychological pattern that shows up in spite of any evidence that you have to how much you're rocking life. You still feel like you're a fraud. You still feel like you're going to be discovered or the other shoe's going to drop any minute now. And that creates a form of defeatism, right? Like, why would I even try? I'm not going to make it anyway. This doesn't work. hasn't worked for my neighbor, Snoopy. And therefore, I wouldn't even attempt it. I've tried all of these other things in the past. So why try this? Why would this change or be different, right? All forms of defeatism are similar because they're rooted in insecurity. And the thing is, I hope everybody can start to identify those thoughts as not you. They're just thoughts. You're the one thinking them but they're not who you are. And if you start to understand that, you'll begin a mindfulness practice that sort of goes like this. Do I prefer to think that I am useless and will never succeed at anything or to remember that I actually have done a couple of things in my life? Mm -hmm. Would I rather try something at least and then fail or rely on garbage from the past that I have absolutely no control over, which may or may not be true? Would I rather have fun and just see where this goes or be confused, ornery, and prove to everyone how smart I am by not even trying? Mm -hmm. You'll ask yourself questions like this and notice two things. The first is, again, the thought is not thinking you. You're the one thinking of the thoughts. You'll be able to litigate them a little bit. And number two, you're much more likely to get closer to who you really are, a frisky, excited, trier of things a person who might as well give it a shot. That's kind of where all of this is going. This is when we start to really discover our preferences, get clear on our voice, as Megan said. Mm -hmm. And the privilege of a lifetime, as Carl Jung said, is is to become who we really are. That's where all this exploration is leading. Who you are is not the scaredy cat who's terrified of losing their stable 95 job, which is not stable to begin with. Who you really are is a person who's capable of a lot of different things and can figure it out, period. What do you feel like right now is some of the biggest issues we're facing in America when it pertains to the current workforce? I believe that the number one problem facing the workforce today is the mass exodus of women, in particular minorities, by the way, Mm -hmm. who are much more greatly affected. In September, more than 900,000 women left the workforce to only about 250,000 men. And that trend has continued over the last six months. This is not a small trend. It's not just 900,000 people you get to ignore it. This has set us back to the 80s, 80s level participation in the workforce for women. 80s level. Megan, Mm -hmm. you remember the movie Working Girl? Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's where we are again. And this is absolutely banana pants. It's intolerable. It's terrible for diversity. It's terrible for society. Now, listen, I want you to know that I care about this on a collective level. If one individual person said to me, Karen, listen, I got to quit the workforce because I'm making an economic calculation here and I'd rather stay home with my kids. Okay, fine. I wouldn't flinch. But when 900,000 make the same decision in the same month and that trend continues, I got to be honest with you. I don't think staying home with your kids is that popular. Right. 
I also don't think that for most people, for the vast majority of people, work is just about a paycheck. For the vast majority of people today in the era of self-actualization, in the era of Instagram, in the era of I can and I will, it's about really going for your potential. It's about self-actualization in this lifetime. And to give that up is, man, that is a big matzo ball to give up. So I care enormously about that. That's when I started to pivot and talk about imposter syndrome. I started speaking more about women's empowerment, women's empires, women pivoting their career, which was not common for me before I, I coached 50% men, 50% women. The balance is slightly more skewed now, but I'm definitely given more and more talks to specifically say to all the women out there, you can, you will, and I'll help you. Yeah. And what words of advice for a woman listening in, really wanting to make that career pivot and not knowing where to start? Read, read, listen to podcasts like these, mm -hmm. obviously, but read, read, you are a badass by Jensen Cheryl. Read, you are a badass at making money without shame on an airplane for all to see. Mm -hmm. Read, read why your life sucks and what you can do about it by Alan Cohen. I hope you put these in the show notes. Read, get inspired. Remember who you are. We definitely will put those books. Absolutely have helped me through those recommendations. We will get them in there for everybody to easily link and find. I have to tell you, rewind to April, May of last year. Coach Karen's podcast was like my, I'm going to lay down and feel good moment. <laughs> and <then I> had, <laughs> even before meeting you, I remember seeing your lovely face in our webinars, I think with Industrious and telling the soul cycle story. And I'm like, oh my God, I need to know this woman. And just looking forward to your incredible podcast where I would sit and lay in my bed with the cats around me and shake my head. Yes, yes. So with that, I know you're the host of this incredible, insightful podcast with Coach Karen. Talk a little bit about your podcast and some of the topics you're talking about now is I feel yeah. like they're so powerful. And how can our listeners get involved? Because I know you do some really fun things on your podcast. Well, thank you yeah. so much for that. I really appreciate it. Coached is a podcast that I modeled after my favorite TV show, Frasier. Which is, by the way, getting a reboot. It was officially confirmed last week. I'm super excited about it. I know the 90s had their own hallmarks. I'm sure they'll correct all their social ills, but the program was legit funny. And it's where I just answer callers' questions. And in the new format, I get to answer them in greater detail. And I also get to work with additional perspectives of thought leaders and experts to enhance or add more flavor and dimension to the answers that I give to callers' questions. The topics that I'm interested in this year and the full season has already gone live and it's going through the end of the year are as practical as they get. For example, how to stop working all the time. Mm. This is just a garbage existence. I love that word, by the way, garbage, as I'm sure you've noticed. <laughs> Trash fire, um, dumpster fire. <laughs> it's true. And it's something that affects me too, yeah. workaholism. So I tackle yeah. that. How to get away from imposter syndrome, how to stop being so impatient, how to get out of doubt and get into a life that actually feels good to you. They're super, super practical. How to find work-life balance in a world where these are both discouraged. So I hope that everyone listening in hears in the caller's questions, their own questions, mm -hmm. and they hear in the answers, answers to questions they themselves have been pondering. That's the whole point of a format like Coached. It's to always contain or hold a message that will resonate universally with a lot of people and to bring people some hope. I know you're so generous with your time outside the podcast as well with your many webinars and talks that you host, so many things you're involved in. How can our listeners find you and stay in touch with, with Coach Karen? What's on your docket? I am on TikTok. 
Yes, you are. Elderly, I am. I am on TikTok. I'm on Twitter. I'm on everything. I just care about Instagram, though. That's my medium. I really love posting memes and pictures. Every now and again, a picture of my cats, Waffles and Moose, the greatest cats ever. Yeah. Twin souls with your cats. Yeah. They're cousins. They are. And that's the best place because you'll always get an update a few days before a webinar goes live or a talk goes live or a new episode uh, of Coached Hits the Airwaves. And hopefully that'll be a great way to stay in touch and for everybody to get connected to a wealth of resources and tips for free. Very valuable information that Karen, like I said, so generously shares. And in closing, as I know how important this is, and we talk about it so much in this podcast, for a network of support for others in this process of pivoting, evolving, changing, going through hard times, you told stories of how you leveraged your connections and people that loved you in your life to kind of get you through. How important do you feel like it is to have a great circle of support around you going through the process. And if people don't feel like they have that, where could somebody reach out and, and find some support? Well, I think it's everything. I think it's everything on two levels. I believe that the reason we need relationships and a support system around us is because no one who has ever done anything ever, even the most basic to the greatest, has done so alone. We really lean on the shoulders of others Everything we can create will be created better and much larger with the support of others. And what are others than really a support of other people who trust you and support you? Now, you can do this in two ways. The first is by fomenting longstanding friendships. And the best way to do that, guess what, is be a good friend. Mm -hmm. Be generous with your time. Show up for people. Somebody's parent dies. Show up for them. Somebody needs a, a happy birthday hug. Give them the happy birthday hug. Remember those things. Be a good friend and you will have good friends. And the second is get mentors. Mentors can include coaches. In the beginning of my career, I did not have a network of people who were super high vibe, especially not about money and creating big things. So I started hanging out with other coaches. And guess what? There are lots of other freaks at the show and they will be very happy to play with you. Mm -hmm. But you can also go for just mentors who are successful in any dimension. You want to get married? Find a really happily married couple who's super generous with their home. You want to really create a big business? Hang out with people who actually have created a big business. And that's because all forms of success leave clues. And we're like monkeys. Monkey see, monkey do. Yeah. You will watch people and you will grow through them. And that is what all of this is about. We are so interconnected and we're all expanding each other. So true. Wow. So powerful. Find people that you admire. What do you admire about them? Surround yourself with those high vibe people and get your feel good moments going. And it's just so important to have amazing people in our lives. And with that, I'm so grateful for you. And I hope that listeners listen to this podcast multiple times because Karen spit out a lot of wonderful <laughs> suggestions and comments. <laughs> I hope so, too. I want to say one more thing, actually, that just came to my head. That's super important. This is why also jealousy is not a thing and should never be a thing in anybody's life. If you accept that we will learn from everybody and then we're all in this together because we are exponentially better with other people, then seeing another person be super successful should not make you feel jealous of their success. Right. It should indicate to you that it's possible to you. Yeah. This is why people like us, like me, like Megan, teach. We don't think that you shining in the spotlight is a problem. We actually think, yay, good, there's a lot of room here. Yeah. Come on over. That's why I also don't accept that there's such a thing as lonely at the top. 
I believe that you can be a lonely person who ends up at the top, but if your thought habits are of collaboration, you're probably not going to get there by yourself. Absolutely. And in a space where it seems crowded or noisy, be it everyone's a coach or 7,000 people are applying to the same job, at the end of the day, no one is you. No one is you. And embrace your uniqueness because Coach Karen and I sure the heck do. <laughs> That's so, exactly right. Well, thank you so much for this conversation and for sharing all of your incredible pivots. And we'll absolutely put all of the wonderful ways that you can connect with Coach Karen via her various channels and look forward to staying in touch and all that you do. And thank you so much for all your time today. Thank you, Megan. It was a genuine privilege. Keep doing what you're doing. I wish you enormous continued success. Pivot with Purpose with host Megan Hull is a fashion consort production and part of the FC Podcast Network. It is produced and directed by Phil, a.k.a. Corinne. And a special thank you to Spencer Powell for our theme music. Learn more at pivotwithpurposepodcast.com and be sure to follow us on Instagram at pivotwithpurpose underscore podcast.